She brings wealth and health to her audience by tackling hot topics around substance use disorder, mental health and wellness. Her mission, vision, and goal are to help you heal from your past trauma, inspire you to transform your body, mind, and soul so you can live your best life. Your board-certified psychiatric mental health doctor, nurse practitioner, trauma care maestro, and media analyst, your life ambassador, best-selling author, TEDx talk speaker, CEO of Pool of Bethesda Psychiatric Health in Arizona. Let's all welcome Dr. Princess Fumi Hancock. All right now, so thank you all for joining us. Uh, for those who do not know me, my name is Dr. Princess Fumi Hancock. Uh, people call me your global vision midwife. Others know me as your compassionate trauma care maestro. Um, as profession, I'm a board certified psychiatric mental health doctor nurse practice out here in Arizona. So welcome aboard this ship. And with me is my beautiful, 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 did I say beautiful, beautiful sister, Hi, my name is Wendy Alexander, and I am an award-winning, best-selling author and international speaker. I am the number one cross-cultural consultant, yeah. as well as an international business strategist, and I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you so much. So, we have a great show for you today. For those of you who are watching us on YouTube, or perhaps you're listening on podcast, you want to stay tuned to this. Um, one of the things we wanted to talk about today is about taboo, right? Mm -hmm. um, she was putting some questions out for us and topics. Well, we're going to talk about that some other time. And she came up with this topic from taboo. I say that from taboo to acceptance, cultural shifts in mental health conversations. And that really drew me. You know, we want to talk about taboo. Let's start about talking about taboo. So, since um, from looking at where you come from right you were born and raised in north carolina right mm -hmm. and then from there to the uh arab countries um what are taboos what do you see along the line that are taboos oh i would say no i'm gonna start at home you yeah. know if one of the things you know we was always told is that you know we didn't talk about therapy mm -hmm. therapy was in the home you know you don't you don't don't, don't talk about anything yeah. outside of this house you know and so um for me that's that's what we grew up with it you know your grandma was your therapy okay right. and that's what it was going to be um and then as i you know grew older of course i discovered that you know no there is such thing as real yeah. therapists right yeah. out there yeah. um and that we need that and then going traveling through the middle east um i would talk about mental health but i would never hear anybody said the word mental health yeah you know, and they just would never, ever talk about it. And it was on the similar lines of that, you know, our our elders, you know, we take care of each other. You know, there's nothing wrong with the kids. It's nothing wrong with, the, you know, the emotional um, things that are going on. And everything was special needs. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever it was, the diagnosis, it was always mm -hmm. just special needs. They wow. would just never, ever say the word wow. mental health. Wow. And so... Um, you know, as I started to really research and once I started living in Dubai, I realized I was just like, no, it's it's not that they don't understand or really, they just don't want to admit, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that things are mental health and that there is, you know, other things that's going on. And also, you, you don't know what you don't know, mm -hmm. you know, and so a lot of therapists admitted, you know, that they really never dealt with mental health because everybody usually talks about special needs. Yeah. I, I remember when I lived in Saudi Arabia, and I think I told you that where, where I would walk into a classroom, and there might be two or three students 
boom, they'll oh, just drop yeah. oh, and right. drop and their eyes rolling like they were going through seizures. And at times you'll be dealing with two or three in your classroom and you hear another drop in another classroom. And I did not understand it until I came back home. And I remember where we knew it was a mental health situation. And then I went to uh, one of the leaders there and they looked at me like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. What, you know, what do you, they did not, even on campus, they did not have anybody. To even talk to these kids and what they were going through was conversion because the conversion was as a result of their trauma at home so when you look at the arab countries and you look at nigeria that i come from even in nigeria you know your secret is your secret your your mental health is the family secret that's right i mean straight up your mental health forget that is is the family secret and so even if you want to seek help you can't because it is a family secret and you just don't take a family secret out Mm -hmm. i remember several years ago i wrote my very first book here stepping out and the book was it said stepping out fulfilling my destiny underscore my (laughs) my so which is i was going through i was talking about my own therapeutic journey Mm -hmm. and how i came out on the other side well do you know that it's been how many years now at least 28 years there are still people in the family that still feel offended by some parts one line here two Mm -hmm. lines here about what i wrote and Mm -hmm. they seem to forget the title i was the one that was stepping out right and my destiny Mm -hmm. it was my story Mm -hmm. but because we come from a culture select culture that says your trauma is our family secret that's true then whatever it is that i wrote Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, you're bringing the family secret, even though right. it was me stepping out and fulfilling my destiny. True. So this is to me, this is what taboo is. And things that are hush hush, things that you don't, they don't want you to share, they're taboo. But interestingly enough, it's tied to mental health. When you look at America now with everything that's going on all over the world, actually with mm-hmm. the pandemic those who come from silent cultures are suffering even more because there are certain things that happen to them even some of them are looking Mm -hmm. at at uh uh covid as if it's something that is our family exactly they are so i want you to share with us because i know you have a great experience Mm -hmm. uh living in the arab countries and also traveling to india and other parts Mm -hmm. of the world and what role does taboo play in their mental health oh gosh it's it's a lot even when i was in dubai living um i was working with a group that was starting off safe space um who was really taking off now and it was about mental health awareness yeah, I remember. You remember? and so they're doing well now but something that we discovered was that if someone wanted to or felt like they were going to commit suicide mm-hmm. I was like, and you're an expat, right? Or anybody there, what number would you call? And the only number was for Indians. Wow. That's it. That's interesting. Isn't it? That's the, like almost like they're the only ones who are committing suicide. That's, that's you know, that's when we know that's not true. Yeah. But it was, that's what, and I said, and I searched for months, and that's the only number that was there and so we you know worked hard towards to try to change that as well but you know if you think about that i just want they took they took one culture out of all the cultures that you know and religions and backgrounds that are there in dubai and said it's just indians 
and mm. that's all who need wow. this you know this hotline um and so when we discovered that yes it was a high rate of them committing suicide there but were mm. they the only ones no and then when I bothered the question, because as Westerners, especially, we outweigh most of the locals there, right? right? Yeah. So I said, well, what type of mental health services are here? Because when you live in a different country, you do go through different culture shocks and changes and trying to adjust to religion, trying to address, you know, being away from home. Um, a lot of people see it as, oh, you're living in this different country, but they mm -hmm. don't realize that there's stuff that you go through. Mm -hmm. And so who would you actually go to to mm -hmm. talk to? You know, if you were having that and there was no connection, I couldn't find it. Wow. And so that's when Safe Space um, really decided to move forward and do like different um, events, you know, within the community and stuff like that. And now it's more like, oh, wait a minute, we have other things that are going on. And from that, you know, I thought about it, I said, well, where do they report child abuse? Whoa. That's, right? a, that's a good one. You know, and then when I looked around, there was nothing. Wow. You know, and so in 2020 is when they really started doing their child abuse, where you mm. reported they had a system going the first time ever. It just wow. started. And so, you know, I, it was more like in their culture when kids are, you know, misbehave and, you know, beat, it's, that's the culture, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if, this, if you see somebody getting hit, that's the culture. It's mm -hmm. okay. And so, but what was happening is that the, the level, you know, of, of beatings and, you know, marks and kids were coming to school was just like, now, wait a minute. Mm. You know, for Americans, we're just like, no, that's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you draw the line at some places, right? And so for them, they had never even thought about child abuse. Wow, wow. So um, from your experience, do you see a cultural shift? Oh, absolutely. How so? especially now like it's tremendous like now I see you know you can see people talking about mental health you know I can even go back to us as fearless visionaries coming mm -hmm. in Dubai mm -hmm. yeah. yes you know when we That's came true. into Dubai like when the first thing I said to you all what did I say you know make sure you don't share too much of your story right. be very careful yes. because certain things were not said there mm -hmm. And then when we had our event, we were the first platform, you know, to, to break that yeah. tabooness yes. of, you know, that women don't have trauma, there's no trauma there, um, and talk about that. And from that um, event and many more, now you hear more about mental health, child abuse. Um, I mean, it is like so many, um, especially um, different events going on now in Dubai based around mental health. But not only that. The government mm -hmm. is now involved in that, and you didn't see that wow. before. Um, when I look at Nigeria, you know, some of the movies that I'm watching out, I'm really, it's just like shocked because they show uh, therapists, mm -hmm. actually families coming to therapy, mm -hmm. which is not something that it's really kind of like uh, warmed up to in Nigeria. Right. Mm -hmm. But now because of, we have other people coming into Nigeria too, um, there are therapists, which uh -huh. is so, I mean, it was just like, wow, therapist, wow. right? So that yeah. is a cultural shift. Now, um, where children who are abused are concerned, there's still a lot of work that needs right. to be done mm -hmm. where that is concerned because you still have people, you have some communities like that are in the rural rural mm -hmm. where the day the kid was born or even in pregnancy, they've already betrothed the kid, the, the child. Mm -hmm. The child has been betrothed to somebody, another family, even in pregnancy. Oh wow. So that when that child is born, 
their their role the family's role is to take care of that child till the child is like nine or twelve when she now goes to the family that mm. exactly yeah. so how do you differentiate that from a kid that is sexually molested because the, the the husband might actually be an older person right exactly and takes in the 12 year old and takes care of the 12 year old the 12 year old is old enough but the age difference is there so where do you draw the line mm -hmm. in you know when you go to african countries where then do you draw the line between oh child abuse versus mm -hmm. um, their question. culture that mm -hmm. you you brought it into their tradition so those are the things, those are the kind of lines that, are st that still exist in Africa as a whole. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'll talk about more of Nigeria where you do have them in the rural, rural. You have in northern region and all kinds of places in Nigeria where those kind of traditions still exist. Mm -hmm. And so when you come in saying, oh, therapy, they're like, mm -hmm. what therapy? Yeah. I mean, this is, mm -hmm. you're, you're budget into a tradition. Mm -hmm. So... You still have that. But at the end of the day, though, we have, if you go to many of those capital uh, states, you have the therapists, those who actually went to school for it, which is really shocking to me. And I mean, I welcome it because mm -hmm. there's so much going on in Nigeria when Nigeria is concerned. So, having said that, um, but let me say this real quick. You know, yeah. you just made me think of something. Yeah. It's the same thing in the Middle East. Oh, because yeah. now that I think about it, you know, when you when the therapists are coming in, it's uh -huh. like that's their culture. Yeah. You know, even when we were, oh my gosh, when we started talking about, you know, because I was in the schools helping the American schools get their accreditation, mm -hmm. but then I also helped them with the special needs, showing that the special needs is also yeah. mental health. Yeah. But when we had child abuse in the schools, oh my goodness, and trying to tell them, it's like, this is our culture and you're telling me that it's not, you know, and then we'll, we want them to see a, ther a therapist, mm -hmm. but this is our culture, you know, that's, that, right. that's a battle, you know, and it was hard because that's you're... Because you want to respect the culture, you know, yeah. I 100%, you know, believe in that. But where do you draw the line? How do you bridge the two together? Mm -hmm. um, but it took a whole a, a whole lot of trust, Yeah. you know, and, and building a relationship versus coming in saying, do this, do this, do that. And then building that trust and relationship is what really helped us cross that line. But other than that, it was a struggle. So it was the same thing. I was just listening. I was like, wow, it's the same thing, just like Nigeria. Mm -hmm. So, um, from what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that it is possible to bridge the gap. It's just very difficult yes. because of certain situations mm -hmm. around it, which is one mm -hmm. of it is culture. Right. Another one is religion, too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so that it's like, okay, we will trust in our religion. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do anything. For somebody who has schizoaffective disorder or schizophrenia in Nigeria, you know, you have the religion that says, oh, you know, a spiritual is a spiritual thing mm -hmm. so i mean some people believe that okay maybe that that person did something bad and this is the reward or right. the person's family did something and that's the reward or somebody did something and threw it on them mm -hmm. and that's it and then we find them uh taken to forest to just go and mm -hmm. live there instead of taking taking care of you know so um those are the kinds of things that we see how can we how can we as as we wrap up how can we as uh professionals mm -hmm. as we that are living in developed countries can we help the emerging emerging countries like india that you've been to mm -hmm. you know like africa 
like uh, the Arab world, how can we, what is it that we can bring to the table that can help them have peace mm -hmm. and understand that this is also a tool for them, right. not a tool to, to destroy their tradition or anything, but a tool to actually help them. How can we bring that in as a post-cultural consultant? How do you think we can bring that in? So I, I, I can use my experience now with uh -huh. South Africa. Oh, going yes. in now, yes. you know, yes. what I'm working on now. And the first thing I'm always going to say is understand the culture. Yeah. Because you can't meet somebody where they are if you don't understand where they are, That's you right. know. Right. Um, and so first understanding the culture, but I always say building genuine relationships mm -hmm. and really coming from, you know, showing empathy, yeah. you know, and it takes time, you know, you, you know, for us, we can say, okay, you need to go to therapy and you go and you schedule your appointment yes, yes. from, you know, at telling somebody in South Africa, Nigeria, or India, or somewhere that you need to go to therapy might take a month mm -hmm. or two, you know, it takes that's work. Okay. Yeah, it takes time. And, you know, you have to be able to have that patience, you know, to be able to do that. But once you understand how the culture, mm -hmm. understanding the culture, but having the empathy and showing that you genuinely care and have that relationship, mm -hmm then you can add whatever it is they, they'll receive it more you know that's been my experience and that's just like what i'm going through now in south africa um you know they don't have a lot of therapists mm -hmm. there you know the culture definitely takes a, a toll and here i am coming in this american and so what i said i would do is what they one thing they did ask though they said we do want some help mm -hmm. but they also want people to respect us in our mm -hmm. community and so with that you know my vision is to have you know people like yourself oh, um, and other therapists and you know doctors and teachers and you know entrepreneurs you know to come in um, mental health physicians to come in to the community to give them the tools that they mm -hmm. need but before mm -hmm. you do that I will teach you the culture you know right. and understanding that but we have to be willing to go and give back to the communities outside of the US now, one of the things that um, I wanted to talk about before we wrap up again, I know I've said that for this is the second time we are, but we're really going to wrap up. So, finances is a big factor. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. In America, you have grants, mm -hmm. you have non profit organizations that are running things, you have for profit, you have psychiatric mental health practice like myself right. that are running their own clinics. However, in Emerging countries, they don't have, many of them often do not have the budget right. to be able to do what needs to be done. And there are, in fact, some countries that, yes, they might have the money, but they don't know, they have the know-how to even do it, or they don't even care enough to want to do it. Mm -hmm. So in, in, in countries like that, how do we, how do we help knowing yeah. that finances is a big part of the whole Teach them business. Hmm. How? Teach them entrepreneurship, the same skills that we have. We all usually have some type of skill, you know, we, and that's one thing that we always say in the Western world, you yeah. have something that you can sell, yeah. you know, that you could profit off of, and, you know, teaching them those skills. Most of them already know they're very smart, you yeah. know, they really do. They just don't have the foundational tools or the access to different things yeah. that we do. But being able to develop programs that give them the skills that they need to, for their businesses, but also you know, a lot of them make different things like baskets mm -hmm. and things like that. When well, yes, we can export them yes, back yes. into our, you know, we can we buy them idea. wholesale yeah. and then export them back here and sell them for them. And yeah. what I mean by that is not 
you know, sometimes people say, well, yeah, I'm going to take your stuff back mm -hmm. and then I'm, I'm not going to pay you now. And well, take your stuff back to the U.S. And then if I sell it, well, they do that a lot, right? So not that way. I'm saying that when you're there on the soil, wherever you are, is that you you buy from them wholesale. Mm -hmm. Now you fed their family, yeah. right? And now you change their mental health mm -hmm. before you leave, and then you go back yeah. and you sell because business is risk anyway. Yeah. So then, therefore, if you go back and you sell that product when you're in the U.S., you may or you may not. That's your risk. But yeah. at the same time, was that really your purpose? It was your purpose to serve or really to get that money? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. I hope that we have been able to enlighten you with this topic. If you want more of this topic, please, 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 please join us on Tear the Veil with Dr. Fumi uh, Psych DNP. Until next time, America, please, how can they find you? And inspiring that decisions on Instagram, inspiring decisions on all other platforms. Be inspired, be motivated, be of sentimental value. Understand that you, my friend, you are the hero in your life story. Do not allow anybody to rewrite your story. Until next time, bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tear the Veil with Dr. Fumi. We hope you have enjoyed being a part of today's show and that we have helped you in shining. For further information, you can visit us at drfumipsychdnp.com and pobpsychiatry.com.